in the New Testament. And James, as particular to his style, always focuses on what it means to live in Christ. Now, because of that, he is often uh, ridiculed and chastised. Even our own Martin Luther called the book of James the epistle of straw because it is blonde and bland. He called it that because James does not talk about salvation through Christ. Instead, he gives us practical means of living, of playing out our faith. Last week, you may remember, he said, faith without works is dead. And today, we read where he focuses on how we should use our voices, our tongues. By the way, just a little tidbit of information, James is believed to be the human brother of Jesus, the son of Mary and Joseph. Now that too has been ridiculed and chastised through the years, but by church tradition and by the belief of many scholars and what we preach and hold today is that he is indeed Jesus' brother. So that to me makes this just a little bit more interesting and special. Grace, peace, and mercy to you from the voice of our creator God, Jesus Christ. One of the things that James said was that your tongue is like a fire. Your, as this match, this single match, could start a forest ablaze, so can your tongue change your life. With your tongue, you can get down on your knees, men, and ask a beautiful woman to marry you. You can tuck your little ones in at night and give them kisses and say, I love you, sweetheart. And with your tongue, you can scream insults to these same people at the top of your lungs. Phil, I'm lost on the computer, so you may have to drive the slides. What James said is that your tongue can set a fire, a world of unrighteousness can become because of it. And though it is a small part of your body, it can start a blaze that, I said, can change the course of your life. James used a few other analogies as well. He points to the tongue and says it's like the rudder of a ship. Though it's a small part of the boat, it can turn that ship from left to right, be it a small sailing boat or a large ocean-going vessel. He also says that the tongue is like a bit in a horse's mouth attached to the reins, that someone can steer that horse from right to left, an animal many times bigger than its rider. The tongue is small, but it can have a big impact on our life. It can get us into trouble or it can bring us flattery or joy. He says, we use our mouths to bless 
and to curse. And brothers, that should not be so, for those we curse are made in the very image of God. So James' advice, tame your tongue. Resist its evil, for it can be deadly poison. And he also says, a spring does not spew both fresh and salt water, neither should your tongue. Now, when I was growing up, I was taught to speak kindly of others. And I know my, my mother and my, my grandmother often use these little phrases to help us children learn and grow. And I bet you heard some of these phrases as well. I'm going to repeat some of them here today, and, and maybe you can, you can finish them for me. You'll see what I mean. I'm sure you were told something like this. If you can't say anything nice, then... Oh, see, we did have the same mother. There we go. She said things like, practice what you preach. Or a half-truth is a whole lie. Don't let the cat out of the... That's right, there's some things you just don't say. My grandmother used to say this in German, Die Wand haben Ohren. The walls have ears. Of course, I think in Germany that meant something different than it did when I was a kid. When I was a kid, it meant, don't say anything, the kids are listening. She also said this, you have two ears and one mouth, so you should listen twice as much as you speak. We all heard this. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt you. You know, I'm not so sure that that one is accurate because words do hurt. Though they may not leave marks on the skin, but they can leave marks on the heart. For words that are said out of frustration can suppress and cause doubt and fear that can last a lifetime. Words that are meant to chastise or chide, said by bullies or an angry family member, can be remembered for throughout one's life. Now this is a silly little example, but I was visiting a church one time and preaching and it was a formal service, so I was chanting, and afterwards the organist approached me and she said, Pastor, you really don't have the voice for chanting. You should sing to yourself. <laughs> don't think I hear that, I don't hear that woman's voice every time I open my mouth to sing. But it caused me to practice and to focus, and after several years of therapy, I'm okay, so. Words are powerful, and depending upon how they're spoken and how they're used can make a big difference on someone's perception of their self. You see this cartoon up on the screen here. As parents, we have to be careful of what we say. This particular cartoon is called, A Child's Words is a Mother's Voice. For children rarely misquote their parents. 
There's an old Spanish proverb that I like that says, what children hear their parents say by the fireside, they repeat in the highway or in the playground. As parents, we want our kids to speak with kindness and gentleness, not harshly or hurtful. And so we try to insulate them for what they might hear or be told. And that's hard to do these days. For what was once forbidden, forbidden is now commonplace in certain circles, even on TV. What is said on the television and internet is shocking to me. People have no regards to morality or protecting the ears of those in the room who might be listening. I put this bar of soap here on the screen because there was more than once I can remember as a child sitting in the bathroom <clears throat> licking the end of a bar of Dove soap because of something I had said. Nothing that came into my mind by itself, it's something I heard a parent or an uncle say. By the way, this is not recommended these days for child discipline. It's illegal in several states. When we start to speak, our first vocalization are cries. Our first sounds out of our mouths as babies are for food and warmth, comfort. And those cries later turn into words that are self-directed, such as mine, 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 or no, no, no. And as we get older, as we become teenagers, oftentimes our words are used to shock, to challenge the status quo, to get the attention of others. And with words, mom calls us to dinner, and dad tucks us in. With words, we announce both good and bad. Sometimes people use words to frighten us or to cause alarm or to cheat us. I think I've gotten about 200 calls from the IRS this year saying that my taxes are overdue. Funny thing, the guy on the other end of the phone really doesn't sound American. I think he's the same guy that calls me about three times a week saying my car warranty is overdue and if I just gave him my credit card, all of that could be settled. So with all this being said about words, where do we look to for guidance? And I don't know who's, what the little girl's name was that said it, but she was right. You look to Jesus. For he used his words to help others, to bring comfort and peace. And with his words, he healed the sick, he raised the dead, he cleansed lepers, he cast out demons, as we read today in the gospel reading. Jesus used words to teach and to announce and to rebuke. To call for redemption and to chastise those who had twisted God's law. With words, Jesus announced the way to salvation. He said, I am the way and the truth and the life. 
With words, he proclaimed the coming kingdom of God. He said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, meaning it's time to listen to me, to repent. With words, he talked about history and explained it. He says, I have come to fulfill the law. With words, he offered belays to people's worries. Come to me, he says, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He used them to foretell the future. Destroy this temple and I will bring it up in three days. Jesus used his words to rebuke. My father's house is a place of prayer, yet you make it a den of robbers. And he used it, his words to warn us of pending judgment. By your words, you will be justified, he said. By your words, you will be condemned. Talk is cheap. And these days, everyone seems to value their own words, their own voices over experts or over scripture. And with a click of a button, we can let our words be heard around the world. You know, in ancient times, in early America even, it took months, sometimes years, for news to spread. But now, in an instant, words can be heard and seen around the world, and many do so proudly and boldly and frequently. Sometimes with the anonymity of the internet, people feel that they can share their opinions and belief with venom and anger in ways that they would never do publicly. But cloaked in the glow of a computer screen and safely hidden away, they spew vile. We live in a culture where people feel free to express themselves with no regard to who hears or how they may be perceived. The internet, we've lost some of our civility and courtesy. We no longer care about our neighbor or their children or valuing their voices. Only ours are important. I'm often ashamed of what I hear on TV, or what's even said in public. It's hard to protect our children's innocence because of how freely vile language and thought are expressed without regard. Scripture is very clear on how we should use our voices. The scripture writers, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, were clear about how to use our tongues. So I invite you now to just pause and listen to some familiar voices and some scripture that they will read for us from the good book about what Jesus and his disciples said how to best use our words. First, how not to use them. Paul says to the Ephesians, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as it is good for building up, as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Paul also said, Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, 
which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. From the letter to the Colossians, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. From the book of Exodus, the words of Moses, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold, will not hold guiltless who takes his name in vain. Good advice from those who wrote the scripture. And now they give us advice on how we should use our tongues and voices. From the book of Luke, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. Paul's words to the Colossians, let your speech always be gracious seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. From the letter to the Romans, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. From James, the, from James, the brother of Jesus, but above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no, no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. And from the book of Proverbs, whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Amen. Thank you, friends. Jesus came to earth to clean things up. He came to earth to bring righteousness back into the world. He came to earth to open that door to heaven, that portal that had been closed for generations. Think back to the Garden of Eden. After they had taken that bite of the apple, Adam and Eve hid in shame, naked, alone. And God came to them and said, What's going on? Why are you hiding from me? And Adam was quick to jump up and said, That woman, that woman gave me an apple to eat. It's all her fault. And ever since then, we have been trying to shift blame off of ourselves onto other people. We've been using our words to condemn and hurt. But friends, we are blessed because Jesus loves us. He forgives us of our wrongdoing. He takes away our sin from our hearts and replaces it with love. He washes it away, our evil words, our evil actions. And he says instead, follow me. 
Live like me. Love like me. Forgive like me. And speak like me. Jesus forgives us of what we have said and what we have left unsaid. From Psalm 116, we read, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice and my pleas for mercy. God listens to our voices. Let's take advice from James to heart and not curse or accuse with the same mouth that we use to pray and praise and give thanksgiving to our maker. For he hears our cries of mercy and gives us eternal peace. Peace through the living voice of Jesus Christ. His voice revealed to us today through Holy Scripture, the words written by man yet inspired by the Holy Spirit. I pray that the spring of our mouths flow not salty water, but fresh, clean, clear water. And may we always speak the truth and find joy in knowing the very voice of God, who is our Savior, Jesus Christ. Father in heaven, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Friends, we rise now and say the words of the Apostles' Creed to confess our Christian faith. <clears throat> 